0: Let's stand together and let's turn on our Bible uh, this morning to Revelation chapter 6. Sunday morning, studying the book of Revelation together. Come to chapter 6 while we're finding our way there. Just a reminder that on Sunday evenings, we go through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, and uh, we will finish the book of Haggai this evening, and uh, almost through with the Old Testament. Just a couple more books, and uh, so each of you are invited. Revelation chapter 6 verse 1 John writes now I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard one of the living creatures saying with a loud voice like thunder come and see and I looked and behold the white horse and he who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out conquering and a conquer let's pray together. Father, again in this uh, second service, I just want to thank you and we thank you as a church family that there is a throne in this universe. We are more grateful than we can ever put into words that it's you that sits on that throne. And Jesus, we thank you for the sacrifice that has turned that throne into a throne of mercy and grace to us. And Father, we acknowledge that all that we have ever received from you, from your throne in our lives, has been good and has been gracious and has been merciful. And for that, we are so thankful. And we pray, Lord, that you would open up in your grace and mercy your word to us today. Help us to hear your voice and commune with your spirit as we study your word this morning. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. It is important to realize that um, in the original documents uh, of the Bible and certainly concerning Revelation, that uh, in their original form there were no chapters and verses. Uh, Chapters and verses were uh, brought into the Bible I think in about the 1600s, fairly late development. I don't uh, have a problem with chapters and verses, I'm very happy uh, to know where to turn to, but occasionally we do have to remember that when we go from one chapter to the other that we aren't necessarily starting an entirely new scene that we find ourselves in the middle of chapter six is a continuation of what we've been studying in chapter four and five it's a continuation of that uh, that heavenly scene and as the apostle john is there uh, in that scene his eyes are now fixed upon jesus in verse one as he not only holds the scroll that he took uh, took into his hand in, in chapter five but now he opened the first of the seven seals on the scroll. We remember that the scroll represents the title deed deed to uh, planet Earth. Jesus purchased it back uh, from Satan's authority 2,000 years ago by means of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. But he's yet to take full possession of it. And these seals, they represent the means by which Jesus is going to take full possession of His purchased uh, possession as it's detailed for us in chapter 6 through 19 the book of Revelation in in, and uh, chapter 6 through 19 so often we think about it as just this exerting God just it's just a pure judgment of God upon the world but the book of Revelation doesn't end with chapter uh, 19 uh, there is a chapter 20 and a 21 and a 22. Chapter 6 through 19, the judgment that is meted out there, a righteous judgment, it is, is what is required in order for the happy ending, the very good ending that is recorded in chapters 20, 21, and 22, uh, to occur. Uh, in order to uh, wrest the control of this world and the universe from the authority of the devil and to bring an end to the rebellion of man against uh, against uh, God and uh, and and so as we look and begin this new section of the revelation in chapter 6 Uh, uh, holding to the fact that we are not appointed to wrath as Christians, Uh, we will be removed by way of the rapture prior to these events, prior to uh, chapter 6. Now, in verse 1, upon the opening of the seal, uh, John heard one of the four living creatures, one of those angelic beings, uh, declare with a loud voice, with a voice as loud and as clear as thunder, come up and see. And the thunder's voice is exactly appropriate for uh, that declaration because a great storm uh, in the form of this uh, great tribulation period is about to come upon the world recorded in these chapters and so with the breaking uh, and opening of the seal chapter 6 verse 1 so begins uh, the seven-year tribulation period and with that in verse 2 john witnessed the result of the opening of the first seal and that behold a white horse Uh, he who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went about conquering and to conquer now because this person is seated upon a white horse some people are Uh, tempted to conclude that this is none other than Jesus, because after all, uh, only good guys or knights in shining armor or virtuous uh, heroes and rescuers ride uh, white horses. So uh, the the cliché goes. But this can't be Jesus here, because his return to the world on a white horse at his second coming doesn't occur until uh, chapter 19, fully seven years after this breaking of this first seal, when he then establishes his millennial kingdom, his thousand-year reign of peace and blessing. That's what follows Jesus coming back on that white horse in chapter 19. Not all of the wars and the famine and everything that follows the revelation of this individual that, that constitutes the rest of 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 chapter 6 here additionally Jesus cannot remain in heaven and continue to open up the remaining uh, seals 2 through 6 and be on a horse uh, going forth to conquer uh, conquering and to conquer uh, the world at the same time so it isn't Jesus and who we have here is none other than the one who is known most familiarly within the culture as the Antichrist, though he's only referred to him uh, by that title, uh, only referred to by that title one time uh, in the Bible. Most often, he is referred to uh, as the Beast. Now, since the Antichrist plays a, a fairly prominent role in uh, in this Revelation, and so we're going to run into him over and over and over again with these individual snapshots of his evil and of of his power. Uh, But in order to understand those things when we get to them, it seems to me that we need a little bit of a foundation laid concerning the Antichrist and uh, the picture that's uh, painted of him in the Scriptures uh, to begin with so we can understand these individual parts when we hit them later. The Bible's descriptions of the Antichrist are found Uh, not exclusively but most prominently uh, in the book of Daniel Daniel chapter 2 Daniel chapter 9 Daniel chapter 11 if all of this is new to you I strongly encourage you to go onto our website go to the media page and we recently finished studying the book of Daniel and you'll be able to Uh, uh, catch up on things a little bit and and use that as a resource. 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 has a lot to say about the Antichrist as well as Matthew chapter 24 as Jesus refers to him and then also the revelation. It is important to notice that the Antichrist can only come forth uh, into human history Uh, in this uh, dramatic way in which he is to come onto the stage of human history in in all of his evil he's only able to do it as he is allowed to Uh, he is only able to do it when jesus decides uh with the opening of the first seal and so he will come on the scene he will be a man he will be no more than than a man uh, and he will be alive on the earth for a time because when he's released to begin what's prophesied of him here in the revelation he's already a full-grown Uh, adult individual when the seal is broken and so perhaps he lives uh, even today somewhere in the world the Apostle Paul gives us some uh, indication or some insight into uh, all of this in 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 5 he wrote to the church there and he said do you not remember that when I was still with you I told you these things And now you know what is restraining that uh, he, that is the Antichrist, may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he, that is the Holy Spirit, who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed and so here we're told that he'll be restrained from attempting the world domination that he uh, longs for until he who restrains him is taken out of the way after all after which he will be revealed that raises the question then who in the world is capable of this kind of restraint to restrain this one from coming forth i am i just want to make that confession to you today Um, i'll be signing books after the service no it would be foolish that me or any other human being would uh, consider ourselves able to uh, restrain a a a pent up uh, uh, tidal wave of evil that wants to come forth upon the world in in the form of the antichrist i'm convinced that The restrainer is none other than the Holy Spirit, uh, working um, influentially uh, through uh, the church, through Christians in the world, uh, as an influence for godliness, and that at the rapture, that restraining influence against evil by the Holy Spirit through the church will then be removed. Jesus said, we're the salt uh, of the world, we're the uh, salt of the earth, we're the light of of the world and so we're distinctive from the world Uh, we are an inhibitor related to uh, evil moral corruption we expose darkness all of these things and when we're removed at the rapture of the church that restraining influence of the holy spirit through the church will be removed and it's like god is going to say to the world and in unveiling the antichrist here jesus as he breaks the seal you want to do this without me Fine, I will remove my Holy Spirit and my church, and you can have at it. And you can imagine what the world will become overnight with the removal of this restraining work of the Holy Spirit against evil in this world. You won't have a military, you won't have a police department, you won't have a neighborhood watch that will be able to withstand what will open up when that occurs when man tries to take on uh, or consider this restraining work of the holy spirit uh, as nothing or not to believe in it uh, at all and so presently the world does not know and and more than that it doesn't uh, care what it owes to the holy spirit and and the influence uh, in the world of the Holy Spirit through Christians today, uh, but one day uh, they will. Now the name uh, uh, of the Antichrist, his name Antichrist, comes from two Greek words, uh, Christos, which means Christ or Messiah or the Anointed One, and then also anti, meaning uh, uh, against. And so the Antichrist, his very name means. The one against Christ. The one against God's anointed. The one against uh, Jesus. And it's God's way of communicating in a sense that you don't want the Christ that I've provided to you. You don't want the real Christ. You don't want Jesus Christ. Then you will have an Antichrist who is everything that my Christ is not. Who is everything that Jesus is is not and communicating that there is a price to be paid that a time comes in human history where man cannot have it both ways he will not be able to enjoy all of god's blessings in this world while he lives in rebellion to him while he worships the god of this world and rejects his son i don't want anything to do with that christ and so another christ comes on the scene it is perfect justice Uh, it is a a perfect judgment uh, as a result you notice as well in verse 2 that john describes him as carrying a bow uh, being given a crown and going forth to conquer the crown indicates that he will become a world ruler Uh, and the fact uh, the crown that he is given here uh, the greek word that is used for it is the stephanos a stephanos was a crown that was given to uh, the victor in an athletic uh, competition in the ancient world it was a laurel wreath or something like it uh, at the end of the race that's what he receives when jesus returns on a white horse in chapter 19 he returns with a, uh, a, 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 a diadem. He returns with this uh, permanent uh, crown that, is, uh, that, that a king will wear. And, and the, uh, the, the, the fact that the Antichrist wears a Stephanos rather than a diadem indicates that his reign, his victory, I- is going to be very, very temporary. In fact, it's going to exist uh, for a mere seven years. He goes forth, we're told, to conquer, and He's going to conquer. But how in the world do you go forth and conquer uh, with only a bow? Uh, He has no arrows. And that indicates that initially He will not conquer the world uh, by means of war or force, but rather He will come as a peacemaker. He will conquer the world with words, with persuasion. Through his charisma through his uh, diplomacy through his deception and he'll do it without any bloodshed he'll go from one diplomatic victory to another diplomatic victory until finally he has the control of the entire earth now later in the seven year uh, tribulation period the final half of it the final three and a half years uh, he will resort to bloodshed he gains his power uh without weapons through persuasion but once he gains it then he holds it with bloodshed and the bible says that he will worship the god uh, of of war i think that here it's important to realize as well that the antichrist is going to be empowered and directed by uh, satan himself Uh, this will not be mere demon possession not a lower level demon that is Uh, behind all 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 of this as awful as as demon possession uh, is but the antichrist will be controlled by the devil himself and 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 the antichrist will be tapped into just pure unmixed uh, uh, satanic evil second corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 paul speaks of this for the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of satan but the but the antichrist will not be readily recognized uh, as such you won't recognize him at least initially as being demonically controlled or demonically uh, empowered uh, at all he's not going to have some kind of a a wild demonic you know look in his eye and and then when he gets behind a closed door he writhes on the floor for a while or you look at him and uh, the pupils of his eyes are horizontal and not round and you know all these goofy things that can kind of float around a little bit related to him he will not conduct himself recklessly and he will not appear uh, openly uh, demonic at all and uh, because through this antichrist Satan is going to operate in, in when he is the most dangerous. And that is, he's going to operate very, very subtly with tremendous uh, restraint in terms of uh, being identified as the power behind this one and uh, uh, will be very, very persuasive. And he is most persuasive in his subtlety. I mean, the very first temptation of man is he catches Adam, uh, catches Eve in, in the garden, there, very first sin introduced into human history. Now, the serpent was more cunning than the beast of the field which the lord god had made and he said to the woman has indeed has god indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden and the woman said to the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees uh, trees of the garden but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden god has said you shall not eat it nor shall you touch it lest you die and then the serpent said to the woman you will not surely die For god knows that in the day that you eat of it your eyes will be opened and you will be like god knowing good and evil and this tremendous capacity that he has to sound so uh, reasonable in the antichrist uh, satan will come into the world uh, as he as he does through various human instruments he'll come as an angel of light paul writing uh, to the church at Corinth, second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 14 in this regard and no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light and therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness and he knows how to do this and he knows how to do this very well now during the first three and a half years of the tribulation uh, period, for anyone to suggest that the Antichrist is uh, anything other than a a miracle of wisdom, a miracle of power, the leader that mankind has been waiting for, all of uh, man's uh, history, uh, 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 for anyone to intimate that he he is even bad, let alone demonic, People will think, uh, a a person that would communicate that, they're going to be thought uh, mad for uh, believing it. Adding to his appeal, uh, Satan will enable him to perform great miracles. So this will cement the conviction of the world that he is not only a great leader, uh, but that uh, the conviction that he is also the messiah to believe that he is the savior of the world paul writes about this again in second thessalonians chapter 2 verse 9 the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of satan in all sign all power signs and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved and for this reason god will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie and what is the lie Uh, the lie is that he is the messiah that he's the savior of the world that they may all be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in uh, unrighteousness and so for the first three and a half years of the tribulation period He he will be a marvel in his presence, in his power, in his wisdom. And you could take all of the great leaders of, of mankind through history, the ones that were the most powerful behind closed doors when they would write and make decisions out of the public eye, those that could get up in front of audiences and move them in powerful ways. You can put all of them together, roll all of their gifting together, and it's not going to approach this man's abilities at all. And when the world sets their eyes on him, and they listen to him, uh, the world is going to be completely intoxicated by his, uh, his ideas and his charisma. He's going to present extraordinarily. Uh, his physical presentation, his persuasive power over people will be literally supernatural, and he will very readily deceive many, many people. For example, the bible teaches that he will deceive europe uh, and uh, will enlarge upon all of this when we get into chapter uh, 17. but both the uh, the book of daniel in uh, chapters 2 and 7 also in revelation chapter 17 they reveal that the antichrist is going to rise to a position of power in the world as the leader of a 10 country confederation out of the old roman empire and the old roman empire is a european empire and so maybe it'll be a slimmed down version of uh, what is the eu today just including the most powerful uh, nations he will become the head of this confederation of nations he will make it uh, the final world ruling empire before Uh, Jesus' second second coming uh, as is revealed in King Nebuchadnezzar's vision uh, uh, in in Daniel chapter 2 that Daniel then interpreted uh, for him and he will gain the trust and control of Europe without the use of force. So you, you ask yourself, at least I do, why would ten nations of the world Uh, uh, among the most powerful nations in the world, the most prosperous nations in the world, why would they turn over uh, the, the control of their sovereignty to one man? Except that he is extraordinary in every way. And perhaps because the condition of the world is so desperate at that time that they're willing to do so and what could make the world that desperate well war will do it war will do it or how about a worldwide financial uh collapse Uh, that would do it Uh, we uh, the the nation that we live in talk about kicking the can down the road in terms of uh fiscal responsibility money 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 spent 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 debt ceiling put up and these politicians they must hope that they're going to be out of office and dead before uh, that payment comes due but we're not the only country in the world that is leveraged to the max most of the world is in the same condition and uh, once that little uh, little uh, block is pulled out and the collapse begins, you can have a desperation in the world that people will be willing to turn tremendous authority uh, and sovereignty over to someone who has uh, as dynamic as this man and has a plan for uh, the way out. It's also possible that the rapture of the church uh, would Uh, uh, leave the United States temporarily uh, disoriented, given the fact that the United States would look to lose a lot more people to the rapture. Uh, As post-Christian as we are, we're not even remotely as post-Christian as as Europe uh, is and then you couple that with the defeat in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39 of Russia coming out of the north the Iranians and their allies coming uh, also in an invasion of of Israel God punches them in the nose Russia loses seven out of eight of its military uh, in that invasion and in that moment in time uh, that happens right around the area of the rapture it would seem Uh, then you've got Russia uh, put to bed, you've got the Islamic countries in the Middle East uh, humbled in in a humbled condition, the United States in whatever condition it's in, and it it would leave a power vacuum, that, that with the right person, Europe could readily... Uh, come up and, and become that final world-ruling uh, empire. But at any rate, something to watch in this regard would be the continued rise of Europe's stature in the world, and and seeing them rise and seeing it be, um, you know, th- uh, three steps forward and two steps back, and, and never quite getting uh, traction and getting to where they want to get, but seemingly just one charismatic leader away who could unite all of them together and make them the dominant uh, power in the world of the Antichrist. Very recently, uh, Germany, within the last couple of years, A single greatest by far economic power uh, within the EU has declared that it is now going to develop its own uh, military beyond its very, very limited military thus far. They've been in the doghouse, a self-imposed doghouse. Uh, since World War One and World War Two, but they've branched out of that now and recognized their need to develop a proper uh, military, and so they are moving aggressively in, in that uh, in that direction as as well uh, they, they should. Uh, just this week, I I was watching an interview on uh, on uh, television news. I mean, how old-fashioned watching television for news, but there I was, and uh, the news anchor. Uh, he asked the French ambassador to the United States uh, whether Europe was going to take steps to uh, up its international game in the light of uh, the United States uh, uh, disastrous exit from Afghanistan and the observation that the United States has led uh, from behind among the NATO nations in dealing with Uh, Europe's uh, invasion of the Ukraine and uh, necessitating uh, in our decision-making for the European NATO nations to lead. And he's an ambassador, so he's very, very diplomatic. And uh, he stated uh, that what was happening there uh, concerning the Russian invasion, that it really did necessitate that the European nations in NATO Uh, would up their game, become less dependent upon the United States for leadership, uh, but that in doing so, uh, in essence, it wouldn't be a poke in the eye to the United States of America, it would only make them better NATO partners uh, to the United States as well. But there's a recognition there within that group that uh, and a loss of confidence, whether it's just with this presidential administration or whether it's long term, only time will tell. But a, lo- a loss of confidence in the, uh, uh, the leadership of the United States in, in the world and that we better start looking out for ourselves a little more fully. More profoundly than even this related to Europe, the Antichrist is going to fool uh, the Jews. He's going to fool the nation of Israel. Uh, initially he's going to appear to be a friend to the Jews and Daniel chapter 9 verse 27 tells us that the Antichrist is going to enter into a covenant, a formal uh, agreement with the nation of Israel and uh, and that he's going to allow them to rebuild their temple in Jerusalem which was demolished by the Roman general Titus in 70 AD and has remained unbuilt uh, ever since and further that the Jews will once again be able to offer their uh, Old Testament sacrifices uh, per the Old Testament and of course that would require the rebuilding of the temple and then that same passage in the book of Daniel tells us at the three and a half year mark the halfway mark of the seven-year tribulation the Antichrist is going to break his covenant with the Jews he will commit an abomination that is so great That it will create a desolation uh, that will make the newly rebuilt temple desolate and, and make it hopelessly defiled. This is known in the Bible as the abomination that causes desolation. And what that abomination that causes desolation is, is he one day he gets up at the three and a half year mark and he walks right into the Holy of Holies of the rebuilt temple. Uh, where The place where only the high priests enter into, and only once a year. He walks straight into it. He sets an image up uh, of, of himself. He declares himself to be God, and he will demand to be worshipped as God. And at that moment, uh, the heart of every Jewish person in the world, certainly those in Jerusalem and Judea, their hearts will sink when they realize they've been deceived by him. And Paul wrote of this very thing in 2nd Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 4 and uh, Jesus spoke of it in his Olivet Discourse and Jesus added uh, with, uh, with that mentioning of, of the abomination that causes desolation he, he gives counsel to the Jewish people uh, the generation that will witness this thing and he said therefore when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place whoever reads let them understand let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains run for your lives because the Antichrist uh, under the influence of the devil will unleash a a unparalleled persecution of the Jews in an attempt to utterly uh, uh, to to destroy them and the Jews won't be alone in this The Antichrist is going to gain the trust of all religion in the world. Uh, The church will be removed. Uh, So he will gain the trust of all religions uh, in the world, and he'll do so without force while he consolidates his power and then only to turn uh, on these uh, religions when it suits him. And and we'll see uh, that uh, in his destruction of spiritual Babylon later in uh, chapter 17. And then ultimately he doesn't stop there, he demands that all of humanity uh, worship him under the threat uh, of, uh, of death. And, and what began as, as such incredible promise in the world through the Antichrist uh, is, it, it then ends in this uh, literally a demonic nightmare that everyone in the world is going to wish they could wake up from and they're not going to be able uh, to do it and the rejection of Jesus as Messiah by the Jews by and large uh, even today leaves them very vulnerable uh, to this deception Uh, many as you would take orthodox uh, Judaism and uh, who will the Messiah be, what will it be like, how will we recognize him and there's a lot of diversity of views among uh, 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 the Jewish different sects of Judaism but uh, uh, the common denominators in in most of them is that when Messiah comes he will not be divine Uh, he will simply be a great man like Moses and then second he will bring peace to the land of Israel and to the world And and then number three, he will make a way uh, for them to rebuild their temple. And all of which the Antichrist is going to be, and all of which he's going to do, but only for a short period of time before he reveals himself and his actions to be anything uh, other than uh, the true Christ. Now, Jesus gave a very candid warning to the Jewish religious leaders of his day during his public uh, ministry and he warned them because of their rejection of him as the messiah despite the uh, uh, the witness to him as the messiah uh, of the old testament scriptures and so in john chapter 5 verse 39 jesus spoke to them and he said you search the scriptures for in them you think you have everlasting life but these are they which testify of me but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life I do not receive honor from men but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you I have come in my father's name and you do not receive me if another comes in his own name that that is claiming to be Messiah uh, him you will receive and Jesus communicates three things to them uh, there. That they are not willing to come to him. The problem of Jewish unbelief both then and now is not a scriptural one, but it is a willingness problem. Second, he tells them that they rejected him because they didn't have the love of God in them. They had a love for religion, a love for tradition, uh, a love for positions and titles, but not a love for God. And then third, that their unwillingness to recognize him as the Messiah was uh, would leave them completely wide open to wrongly identifying uh, someone else as the Messiah, that is the Antichrist. For the simple reason that when you reject the truth about anything, all you have left to believe is a lie. I have completely, in any area in life, if I reject the truth about anything, then I've left myself completely open for deception. And the same thing is true related to Messiah and related to Jesus as, uh, as the Messiah. And what Jesus declared in the face of Jewish rejection 2,000 years ago can be said of the Jews by and large as readily today. And as a result, they're very much set up for this coming deception. And uh, they will come wonderfully. They will come to believe in Jesus as the Messiah in great numbers during the tribulation period and at the time of Jesus' second coming, but it's going to be a very hard road to hoe for them between now uh, and then. Now, uh, the first three and a half years of the tribulation under the Antichrist is going to be marked by peace, it's going to be marked by safety. It's going to be marked by uh, tremendous prosperity. And, and so, if you wonder whether uh, you, as an individual, or we wonder as Christians as a whole, whether we're going to be missed after the rapture, he's going to move things so quickly and so wonderfully. Uh, we'll be a part of a Uh, a a 24-hour news cycle just about probably and he's going to so wow them that that they're going to think to themselves I don't know where all those Christians went in a moment in time but if you notice how much better everything has gotten since they're gone Uh, and uh, I think with the the removal of the Christians whatever kind of cosmic force is involved now man is finally ready to take his next evolutionary leap without all of that dogma and without all of that talk about God and the Bible and and uh, and obeying God and religious superstition and then the bottom falls out on them But because things go so well, physically speaking, during the first half of the tribulation, there are people who do not view Jesus' breaking of that first seal as constituting the wrath of the Lamb, the wrath of God that is spoken about in verses 16 and 17. That describes all of the six seals that are broken in, in chapter uh, six. And so they conclude that no, uh, the wrath occurs, uh, the, the, the wrath is, is poured forth. It's seal two or seal five, uh, but this doesn't constitute the wrath of the God. Listen, if seal two, three, four, five, and six constitute the wrath of God, what are the odds that seal one? Doesn't I mean God doesn't write the Bible uh, to trick us? It's pretty uh, pretty clear as it's uh, as it's uh, de- described here, and uh, and so seal number one represents the wrath of God because to give the world over uh, to the deception that it longs uh, to live under and. Uh, 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 is every bit as catastrophic as these other kind of uh, outwardly, more outwardly dramatic expressions of wrath that follow in in chapter six, and the consequences of religious dis- uh, of deception, religious or otherwise, is is even greater than the consequences of the breaking of these other seals because those consequences are eternal. I think that provides us with enough of an overview. Uh, of the Antichrist to kind of adequately understand the, these various interactions we're going to have with him through the book uh, of, of Revelation. And I want to close this morning, uh, though, by briefly considering some of the ways that the world around us uh, is being set up for the Antichrist's appearing, for his, de- his deception, in order to, to uh, watch uh, them before the Antichrist ever comes, and the Apostle John warned about it all the way back in the writing of 1st and 2nd and 3rd John, is that there was a spirit of Antichrist already at work in the world, preparing the world for the deception of the coming of the Antichrist at the time that he appeared on the scene. So the spirit of Antichrist is very much at work and to Uh, recognize that development uh, around us in light of the teaching concerning uh, the Antichrist Uh, uh, something that we might keep an eye out for would be a continued rise of Europe economically and militarily but again with that sense that that they are uh, they are just one person away, just the right person away from fully uniting them and making them uh, the world-dominant power in the world. A second thing to consider might be the problems of the world becoming so great uh, that mankind more and more and more looks at the problems and concludes that the only solution to the scope of the problems will be the establishment of a one world order. A one-world government and the conditioning of the population uh, for that now God knows that man needs a one-world government more than anybody does and he's got one in our future it's called the kingdom age the thousand-year reign of Christ But only the true Christ is going to have the ability to handle the power and the authority uh, and and to handle those things well. Uh, Certainly, that kind of power and authority is not safe uh, with the Antichrist. Another thing to consider is a growing willingness on the part of the world's population to sacrifice personal freedom uh, to government and to do so in exchange for security, uh, the promise that uh, our needs will be met. And we've seen this to one degree or another all around the world with the current uh, COVID pandemic. Uh, So many people, not all by any means, but so many people, more than I ever thought, uh, looking at government and saying, do whatever you want, just take care uh, of me. And and people becoming accustomed to uh, a role for government that is way beyond how that role is described in the scriptures. And then uh, the willingness and the eagerness of government to take that kind of a role in people's lives. We might keep an eye out for a growing spirit of antichrist in the world, that is mankind's growing rejection of the idea of needing a savior uh, 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 of needing jesus in favor of uh, the belief that man can do better on his own another thing would be to watch Uh, a world set up for deception because as someone put it uh, it is becoming more and more uh, like the person who hears with its eyes and thinks with its feelings in other words uh, a a world that increasingly rejects not only moral absolutes but all absolutes and it elevates emotion and feelings in decision-making over reason and and it judges truth claims and its defining of right and wrong not on the basis of reason but on the basis of emotion and then a a world that possesses the capacity to establish a cashless society we didn't get to that this morning but we will another time to look at a world and and see Israel in her land again but with her population unchanged in 2,000 years Longing for both peace and the chance to rebuild their temple. And so I don't think I'm being too sensational or or too speculative at all when I say that I think we can see all of these things moving noticeably forward in the world. And so when we see these kind of things as Christians and we know where this leads, it's a cause for alarm. Uh, in, inside of us uh, and, and, uh, and, and we see that this is headed for a great deception. We see this is headed for great uh, abuse. We see things in a way that the average person does not see them because of the Scriptures and because uh, of, of the Holy Spirit. But then to realize all of these things have been prophesied of. All of these things are the advancement Of the spirit of Antichrist in order to prepare the world for the Antichrist. And the closer that he is to becoming unveiled, then the more and more we're going to see that kind of thing as we watch a world being set up for this very deception. And being set up for deception as if, and living as if, the Bible doesn't even exist in human history as if there is no bible in the world to read and to look at related to all of these uh, things and so you come here today and you say teaching on the antichrist um, i should have gone to big valley uh, this morning or somewhere else i'm not picking on them at all but paul taught on the antichrist in revelation chapter 2 but here's, here's the word that he gave them when he, when he finished speaking about them, uh, it, it, all of that in chapter 2. There was a therefore to it. There was a reason for it. And in 2 in Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and our God the Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. And so rather than wringing our hands, we want to be an influence in the world against these kind of things that are advancing. We're salt, we are light. But not to forget the prayer closet, not to forget to pray and not to forget to share the gospel with our loved ones and with this world, uh, in order that they might escape the great deception that is coming in the same way that we have. If you sit here this morning and you are not yet a Christian, you, the, the devil, and and his use of the antichrist, he, the devil doesn't want your money. Uh, he didn't want anything from you you can't give him money or power and he's already got all of it Uh, what he is up to is to work against christ in your individual life and now it goes from the world to the individual and if he can influence you with the spirit of antichrist To reject jesus christ the true christ then he's been successful the devil has uh, in in your life anyone who leaves this world and goes into eternity without the true christ without salvation found in jesus has fallen prey to the deception of the spirit of antichrist fallen for the lie and so this morning we see the capacity that we have in our own lives the capacity in the world for self-deception to be deceived by other people it's all around us and jesus is the only protection from that deception because he is the truth about salvation about spiritual things about everything and so coming to the truth this morning there are going to be pastors and other men and women up in front immediately after the service, and they'd love to pray with you to begin a personal relationship with Jesus Christ today. If you need prayer for anything this morning, they'd love to pray with you and for you as well. Let's stand together now, and we'll close in prayer. Father, thank you for the gift and the imparting of your Holy Spirit into our lives as Christians. Thank you for the discernment that we're given. Thank you for the wisdom and the power that we are given. Thank you for the protection that he is and your word to coming deception and to deception today. And Lord, as we sing so often in that, that chorus, We are happy to be in the truth. We are happy to be in your Son. There's nothing about this life that displeases us. Thank you for the work of your Spirit in bringing us to your Son. And thank you for your Son this morning, our Savior. And we thank you in his name, in Jesus' name, amen.